is the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I like him. <laughs> He's a handsome guy. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. I'm sad for Pittsburgh today. And I got three hours to talk about it. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. If you thought I was going to start with the Stillers, you're wrong. Andrew McCutcheon has just been traded, according to reports, to the New York Giants. Well, they were originally the New York Giants. They get moved to San Francisco. McCutcheon, originally a pirate, moved to San Francisco. Bad day for Pittsburghers. The Steelers underachieve, underperform, run their mouths, and get embarrassed. Starting out down 21 to nothing at Heinz Field in a playoff game. You never would have thunk that that would be possible. And then Andrew McCutcheon gets moved, and you knew that was possible if not likely, anybody in a Pirates jersey that you love will wind up finishing their career somewhere else. And today, you realize that the last good Pirates that you can remember, that team from a couple of years ago, the last semblances of any team that you've ever seen be successful, those players are getting shipped out, and it sucks. And I feel for you, Pittsburgh. I hurt for you today. I'm one of you. I'm a Steelers fan. I'm a Pirates fan. Well, at least I used to be before jumping on the Indians bandwagon. I get how you all feel, and it sucks. And it's snowy outside, and the river's flooded, and the bathtub area on the parkway's flooded. Everything sucks. Even the Penguins are teetering on the brink of not making the playoffs. What happened yesterday at Heinz Field? A lot. I don't want to blame the talk. I don't want to blame the Steelers beforehand trash talking. I don't want to blame the Steelers beforehand overlooking Jacksonville. That was not the case. That was not the problem. I don't want to blame the rest. The fact that the Steelers sat their important players a couple of weeks ago against the Cleveland Browns. That was not the problem. All of that is narrative-driven and lacks legitimate analysis. That's the easy way out. Tim Benz, our friend from the Trib and the Steelers Radio Network, was in the Jags locker room yesterday and said he has never seen a locker room be happier about a victory and talk more trash on the opposition than that one did yesterday. Players saying business is booming and, hey, Le'Veon, you can go ahead and retire now. And Mike, what's his name? Talking about Mike Mitchell. The Jags wanted to beat the Steelers' ass, and they did beat the Steelers' ass. But it's not because they wanted to that they did. They did because they played better than the Steelers. That's it. That's the facts. 
They played better. They were coached better. They did enough to win the game. The Steelers did not. And that's not because they're thinking about playing New England in Haiti. That's not because they're thinking about playing New England in hell. It's not because they're thinking about the AFC Championship game. No, it's because they got manhandled on both lines of scrimmage. They made terrible coaching decisions. And they just flat out sucked. There's so much to get to. In so little time. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. In this world we live in, you're not allowed to be nuanced, correct? You have to either blame the coaches or a coach or the players or a player. You can't blame both. Well, I'm going to. Because yesterday was a systematic failure from the top on down for Pittsburgh. Coaching? Let's talk about the coaching. It's fourth and one. There's a minute and 11 seconds left. Steelers are on the Jacksonville 20. They're down 14 to nothing. And what do they decide to do? They decide to pitch the ball to the right. All you need is half a yard, and they pitch the ball to the right. They start to play off five yards in the backfield against the fastest defense in the National Football League. Yeah, that's going to work. Then, 12 minutes, 50 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. The Steelers have an opportunity to go down and score a touchdown and tie the game. It's 28-21. Fourth and inches, and they throw the ball. Why not a quarterback sneak in either circumstance? Some have said Ben doesn't like to do it. Ben himself, after the game, said he doesn't know why they don't do it. Unbelievably bad coaching and decision-making. I don't care if Ben's audibling into it. I don't care if that was the call. You have to say, when you get out there on the field, we're sneaking that bitch, And we're not changing the play. Those were awful decisions. Those cost the Steelers points. Certainly, when they had the ball in the Jacksonville 20, it cost them points. And when the Steelers had fourth and inches on the 39 in the fourth quarter, they had been moving the ball at will against Jacksonville to that point. But Ben says he doesn't know why they don't quarterback sneak. Overall, I thought the offensive game plan was bad, and please spare me with the, the Steelers scored 42 points. Yeah, they did. They also spotted Jacksonville 14 and didn't convert the most crucial moments of the game. I did not love that the Steelers were throwing bubble screens to the outside. It's something Dale and I had talked about on Saturday, the day before the game. I'm usually a big bubble screen fan. It gets the defensive line moving from sideline to sideline. It spreads the defense out and makes them consider that the ball is going to get out quickly. But against Jacksonville, they're going to run it down. So I hate that. I hate the tosses. Jacksonville's going to blow them all up. Bad offensive game plan. And then to top it all off, when it comes to the coaching... The onside kick was so incredibly stupid, I almost pulled out all my hair. On my head, pubic or otherwise. 
Jacksonville was going to run the ball three times. They weren't going to give the Steelers an opportunity to have the clock stop without the Steelers calling a timeout. They were going to run it three times. They did run it three times, and the Steelers stopped it. Had it happened on their side of the field, Jacksonville would have been less inclined to throw the football. Less inclined. So they would have run the ball three times. I have no doubt the Steelers would have stopped it in that circumstance. And they'd have gotten the ball back with an opportunity. But Mike Thomas says, I don't trust the defense. I get that thought process, but you got to play it safer there. And he kicks the onside kick. You have to consider who your players are in that circumstance, too, though. And Chris Boswell, as good of a player as he is, as good of a kicker as he is, he sucks when it comes to the onside kick. Need I remind you of the Rabona? That's when he kicked the ball behind his other leg. He ain't good at it. Real talk. That's the truth. Awful decision-making there by Mike Tomlin. Then, at the end of the game, this was emblematic of everything else. The Steelers should have called a timeout a couple of timeouts prior to the two-minute warning. They wound up wasting about 12 seconds there. If Mike Tomlin calls a timeout, Jacksonville runs a play. They call a timeout, Jacksonville runs another play. Then the third run by Jacksonville would have had the clock stopped at two minutes as opposed to the 148, I think it was. Those 12 seconds make a difference. I realize that that's not what cost them the game, but it certainly could have. And it's emblematic of a problem with Mike Tomlin all the time. And that's that the clock management is lacking. In this circumstance... There's no defense for that. I don't care if it didn't cost. Then you fast forward all the way to the end. The Steelers march the ball down the field. They're down 10 points. They get within scoring territory with about 48, 50 seconds left on the clock. There's a sack. Roethlisberger intentionally grounds the football. They take everything but his virginity. Oh my God, it's a intentional grounding, loss of down, 10-second runoff. We kidnap your mother. Partridge, pear tree. At that point, you take one shot at the end zone, and then you kick the field goal. And you give yourself an opportunity to still win the game. Scoring with one second left doesn't matter. Score there. With 30 seconds left, and you've at least got a prayer. And prayers can be answered if you happen to see what happened in Minnesota later on in the day. Bad coaching all day long. Bad offensive game plan, bad execution, bad play calling on the fourth and short. And then two questionable clock management decisions by Mike Tomlin at the end of the game. But it wasn't all the coaches, it was also player failures. We're equal opportunity rippers here on the Crowley Show. I will rip everyone, baby. The player failures were just as bad as the coaching decisions. Ben Roethlisberger's interception was inexcusable. At no point was McDonald open. None. Zero point. At no point was he open, least of which when he threw the football. And Roethlisberger's fumble just can't happen. Roethlisberger's dropped back millions of times in his life. Millions. Little League all the way up 
to the National Football League. You can't fumble there. Hold the football. Go down. Live to fight another play. And both of those circumstances gave Jacksonville 14 points. And you could say the defense needed to step up. Okay, fine. At the very least, they'd have given up 10 points there. That's all on Roethlisberger. He's a big reason why Pittsburgh was in such a hole early and was never able to dig it out. He tried. But he's a big reason why they got slapped around early in that game. Another player failure. 45-yard reception given up to Cole with 11.22 to go in the fourth quarter. Can't happen. It's tough play for Artie Burns. He needed help over the top, but somebody's got to be over the top. Someone's got to make a play in that football. They didn't. Awful. This one hurts the most to me. After Antonio Brown's touchdown on fourth down, with about nine minutes to go, the Steelers yet again had a chance. It's third and five for Jacksonville from their 30 with seven minutes and 45 seconds to go, and they find T.J. Yeldon on a swing pass down the Steelers' 32. Zero pass rush. William Gay, who's been around in this league for decades, seemingly, couldn't find T.J. Yeldon. It's a 40-yard completion. They go from their 30 to the Steelers' 30 in the field goal range. That is all she wrote. That's a player failure, not a coach's failure. And it's disgraceful. Coaches, players, everyone deserves blame. But the moral of the story is they lost to a team that was a seven-point underdog at home. And that just can't happen. If they'd have lost to New England, we'd all have at least understood. Because that happens all the time. And everyone loses to New England. But you can't lose the game before New England. You just can't. Coming up next, Matt Williamson of the Steelers Radio Network, the Locked On NFL Podcast and Steelers Nation Radio. And then it's all you and me. All day long. Your thoughts, my thoughts, your tears, my laughing at your tears. It's the Crowley Show. Everyone wants to pick a side here. It's either the coach's fault or it's the player's fault. For me, burn them all! Joining me now to discuss my man, Matt Williamson from the Steelers Radio Network, Steelers Nation Radio, Locked On NFL Podcast. Matt, what the hell happened yesterday? It's flabbergasting. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's disturbing. Um, There's a handful of things you can look at and just shake your head and made no sense to me at all as they were happening. And I questioned them the second they happened and... And it went the way that I thought that, you know, that when you question it, say, why would you do that? And it didn't work. And there was some brilliance thrown in there, too. I mean, <laughs> the passing game and some things on offense were brilliant. I mean, against a phenomenal defense. And you put 42 up against the Jags. That can't be overlooked. You have to win but, if you put up 42 against the Jags. Holy cow, yeah. <laughs> you got to win by 20. It shouldn't have even been a game, right. And there's a lot of things to nitpick about the offense, too. Oh, and let's start there, please. Okay, yeah. Right off the bat. This, first series. This game plan to me is awful. Uh, you come out, it's a three and out in the first series. Everyone's freaking out about not giving the ball to Bell. I, I don't care so much they didn't give him the ball. Make him an option. Have him in the backfield. Make All the empty sets there. made me insane. What the hell's that about? Especially to start the game. But even all the way through. I mean, to not have Bell lined up in the backfield 
And to me, it's pure hubris. You know, that we know we couldn't throw on you guys last time, but we're the Steelers and we're more talented and we're at home and we're going to come out and empty and we're not even going to have the threat of the best running back in the league hand, to hand the ball off to. We're still going to throw on you guys and we're going to put up on the scoreboard that we're going to do it. Stupid. <laughs> like that makes no sense at all. It, it really You're there. Go empty. Great. Get Bell detached. But come on. That's I mean, two middle fingers. Right. To Jacksonville. And, right. And it didn't work. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't throw, and Ben was phenomenal and most of the time. But to not even have the threat of handing the ball to Bell on a high percentage of plays, especially the first series, and you see things like Hubbard detached, like it was the second play of the game, I think. Like, what was that? What do you? What are, are they trying, trying to, to set here? something up for later? Because because you're down twenty one nothing, then you can't. <laughs> <laughs> right, and no one expected the things to go that way right off the bat, of course. But that's not excusable. I mean, to me, the empty sets were insane on offense. And I think Haley's a really good coordinator. I thought he has done had some phenomenal game plans this year, and has more or less has maximized that talent, which is extreme. And but. The third and fourth and short situation all year is troublesome, to say the least. I mean, can't you just, how about a quarterback sneak or bring Nick's and Hubbard in the game and just get a yard? I don't care whose fault it is. I don't care if Ben says, I don't like quarterback sneaks. I don't care if the Steelers coaching staff says, we don't love quarterback snakes because we want to keep Ben healthy. I don't care whose fault it is. It's not a high-risk play. It's not a high-risk play. <laughs> right. You fall down, guys fall on you. They're not going to fall on your knees. No, you're going to dive forward with your head. I mean, Brady does it to a masterful level. He comes along scrimmage quickly, sees a gap in the defense, and falls that direction. Maybe you... six five two forty. Right, maybe you have a guy fall on your head. But okay. when you're wearing a helmet and a guy falls on your head, it's not going to hurt your head. If you if you pound into a guy going 100 miles an hour, that's when your head gets hurt. There's no risk there. You have to do it. The Patriots get a lot of credit for things. Sometimes in my mind, overblown credit for some of the things sure. they do. This is one of those situations where they're efficient. They need a half a yard. They're going to get a half a yard. And then their drive's going to continue. The other thing I didn't like about the game plan, Matt, was... I'm not anti-bubble screen. I think sometimes you need that, especially when you've got playmakers. Starting to pay off. I was critical early. See, I just don't like sideways against these guys. I don't like right. tosses. I don't like the I don't like bubble screens. What are you doing? Dreadful. I mean, dreadful. I mean, again, it's just hubris that we're we're so good. We don't care that you're the fastest defense in the league. We're still going to challenge you that way. Well, don't play to their strengths. It's two, it's two games in a row against these guys that you you did what you they wanted you to do. I mean, that's a huge mistake to me. Um, as for the third and fourth in a yard or a foot or whatever. I understand Ben coming to the line of scrimmage, looks to his left and sees AB one-on-one on a guy and saying, I have to do this. This is just too exciting. That's fine. Do it once in a while. But 90% of the time, just do the easy thing, you know, near the goal line in particular. That's my number one complaint with Haley over the last couple years is in those third and fourth and shorts. Just take the, just get the chains, you know, move the chains. And like you said, the Patriots are phenomenal. At it. They are. While we're on the subject of Haley, Matt Williamson joined me here on the Crowley Show. His contract's up. I've been a huge Haley defender. Yes, me too. I say goodbye. See, I, I, I bring Randy back in, Randy Feekner. I make him the offensive coordinator. He's got a good relationship with Ben. You have to figure they'd keep everything the same, except the relationship between the quarterback and the coordinator would 
you would think be better. And I don't know how much that affects things anyhow, but they need to change blood somewhere. That's where I'd probably do it because you don't have to fire anyone. You can just say we didn't bring him back. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a point to be made there. But I think he's an upper-tier offensive coordinator and game planner and, you know, throws a lot at the opponent. And I think he's, for the most part, very good at his job, to be quite honest. So you're saying bring him back? Unless there's a rift there that, or a communication problem that exists that we don't know about. or And if him and Ben don't get along, I don't even care about that. But if they don't communicate and help each other, well, then we got a problem. And maybe Fickner would be the guy. or You know, that's behind-the-scenes stuff that we don't know. But I think, in a nutshell, and not knowing all those things, I think you bring him back. But Tomlin has to sit down with him and Ben and say, like I said, that these third and fourth situations, Tomlin has to either take them over or say, you're not audible now to these. Or, you know, that needs fixed. Because that's been going on a long time. Yeah. You know, that, that can't happen. Can't happen. It, right. it absolutely can't happen. And you're killing drives and leaving points on the field. And, you know. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that kind of of situation clock management Tomlin's always been bad at that and it's never going to change sorry folks it's not but it's bad it's really bad it is and Matt the Steelers should never have kicked the onside kick I went crazy so did I I I sent a tweet before obviously you kick away here yes was I think the tweet error yes obviously I was willing. I was about. I was here in the studio. I was going to throw Joe out the window. I was so mad. Right. I, it was just so frustrating. And oh, by the way, every time I watch Boswell kick an onside kick, he's a great kicker, but he stinks at them. Right. My, Mike Tomlin <laughs> said he didn't want his defense to have to stop him there because he didn't have any faith in him. But you can't have it's, faith in your kicker because the kicker sucks at what you're asking the kicker to do. If he's the best onside kicker in the whole world, that is still a very, very, very low percentage. Yeah, what, play. what, 10%? Maybe? Maybe. 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 And stopping a bad offense, even with a bad defense, is a much higher percentage of the play. And it's 30 yards different downfield or whatever. Get, and then the Steelers would have had the ball in position to win the game. Yes, let's say Jacksonville has the ball at their 25. Let's say the Steelers boot it through the end right, zone. Right, fine, do it. 25-yard line. I would bet my house they don't throw the football once. They right. didn't down there. They didn't when they were on the Steelers' side. Right. They absolutely would have been risk-averse whenever they were in the shadow of, of the, the goal line there. So they were going to run the ball run, three run, times. Run, punt. Right. And, Unless they got first. And I don't think they would have because I think they stayed in the same situation. Right. So it's just uh, so that, that's that, hindsight, but it is. You would have had the ball at the forty or something, right? With timeouts and not needing much to win. That kills me. What also annoys me, it didn't affect the game, I suppose, is yo Tomlin call the timeouts before the two minute warning. Make, makes me crazy. Uh, I mean, that makes what, me twelve crazy. seconds that they lost there. Yes. Uh, your successor, David Todd, and I used to have this conversation a lot. You know, he's a clock management lunatic. And I'm a big, big believer, and he did a lot more research on it than I did, that you take the one before the two minute. Instead of just watching 18 seconds go tick, tock, tick, tock, you know, just, we'll just give them those. You let it run down, and then it's after the two-minute warning that both timeouts get called, so you're going to have less than two minutes. If you call them both before the two-minute warning, then you're going to have two minutes. Exactly. <laughs> right. Even I can understand that one, and I went right. to West Virginia. So that bothered me. What also bothered me is... But these have been going on since he's been the head coach. I know, but now... It's not okay. It just cost him a playoff game. Yes. Uh, You then fast forward to the very end of the game. Oh, my God. You've got 50 seconds left, and you're within a position to score. Ben gets sacked. 
They take everything from him. I mean, it's basically like a divorce. It's a ten second. It's a ten <laughs> right, second right, right. runoff. It's a loss of down. You it's take a, your dog, your car. Right <laughs> exactly. Here, right. The referees are like everything you like. We are now taking. At that point, I probably right. kick a field goal, and then you try the the onside kick, or you take a shot at the end zone. If you don't get into the end zone, then you kick the field goal. They didn't give themselves a chance. Scoring with one second left doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything. Right. That's exactly. I always look at time management this way, and, and my buddy AJ's a Lebo dude. He's a doctor. He's super smart, and he always says this is the way everyone should look at clock management. Pretend like you're the opponent. What do you want them to do? You know, like if you're the Jags, what do you want the Steelers to do there? Exactly what they did. <laughs> you know, as well as right. Kick, you know, as, as well as not kicking deep. That's the best way to view things. Not like if you're the head coach of the Steelers and I got to do this and I got to do that. It's real simple. Just think about it like. You're in your living room, and like, boy, I hope they don't go for it here. <laughs> oh, they went for it. Damn. Or, oh, they kicked it. Great. You know, it's really that easy to think about it. And if you're the Jags, the Steelers did everything at the end of the game you wanted them to do. When it comes to the player side of things, because they had their failures as well. Yes. The one that hurts me the most, well, I'll, I'll lead with this one, and then we'll see where you want to go. We talk about the defense, which no, everything's negative. Well, about. this is exactly where I'm going. The Steelers had an opportunity. After Antonio Brown's fourth down touchdown, okay. the sweet catch where, I mean, it was right. Wow. It was, and he was phenomenal. Around his knees, yeah, right, and that right, guy's right. insane. Jacksonville was facing a third and five from their 30 with 747 to go, and T.J. Eldon catches a swing pass and goes 40 yards. That was a heartbreaker. What the hell? I mean, that's bad football. I mean, the list of bad football when Jacksonville had the ball, we could spill this entire hour with, and... And it's unexcusable. And the thing we, I know you didn't go this direction, but I just want to make sure it's said on the air because I know on Friday I told you that the thing that I was most confident about the Steelers was their defensive line has a huge advantage against this Jacksonville offensive line. And some of that was just execution, you know, that they lost that battle. Badly. How can that happen? I, I mean, they got better players. The Steelers are better players, and it wasn't a scheme thing. You can't blame Butler on that one. That was the one case. Actually, there's two of them. One of them went in the Steelers' way, and one of them didn't. Where better play, you know, like on offense, they didn't out scheme Ramsey and Bouye. Like Ramsey and Bouye played really well, and they just made phenomenal football plays. You know, Ben put it right in this little tiny mm-hmm. spot, and Brown made a catch, or McDonald, or whomever. They, they were just a little bit better on individual plays. It wasn't like, wow, they out-schemed the heck out of Jacksonville. Uh, to me, the same was true on the off, on the other side, where I thought the Steelers would just have a massive advantage stopping the run with Hayward and you know all, their 300-pounders, as well as pressuring Bortles, even with three. No pressure at all. This offensive line won the day. And to me, that was just... I don't know if it's fluky or what, but it was they were better on this particular day, and I didn't see that coming at all. Where the hell was Cam Hayward? He didn't register a statistic. Right. He right. didn't have a sack. He didn't have a pass. He didn't uh, you know, deflect a pass. He didn't have a tackle or a pressure or anything. The pass rush was one of the most disturbing things of the whole day. I mean, Bortles didn't get hit at all. And there's people out there saying, wow, Bortles played well. No, he didn't. I mean, to play action. He completed three. Here's a stat. He completed three passes where his receiver was 10 yards or further down the field. And I don't remember, I think one throw, I said, wow, nice throw. Everyone else, every NFL quarterback's going to make, play action, dump it to some big goofy tight end, or, you know, like, that's all they do. I mean, to me, when you go back to coaching, to be overwhelmed, especially early in the game, that they're going to come out and with heavy personnel, 
and have double team blocks and run in the middle with very base run plays and then short play action after that. That's all they do. (laughs) This team is the easiest team in the league to game plan for. And I would execute them on one side of the ball is very difficult. And Fournette was great. But to come out and be like, wow, I didn't think they were going to do that. What do you think? That's all they do. So is Keith Butler, in your opinion, should he be in the hot seat? Because whether he is or not, yeah. it's probably a different conversation. Right. And yes, I think he should be. And because it's more than just that game. I mean, my hunch is if you added them all up, the Steelers blew more deep coverages than any team in the league. There's been a lot of rumblings about communication. And I don't, I just can't, I don't, I can't fathom that. I just can't fathom it. Right, right. I mean. I'm seething right now, Matt, if it's not Me too. I've been, apparent. I've been boiling more today than even yesterday. Yeah. And now I'm getting the chance to vent with a couple of outlets here in a row. And it's funny because like when I was a kid and the Steelers were losing playoffs, I'd, I'd be like, oh, I'll cry, you know, and, and then much of my life was like, I'm a businessman, I don't care. And this year I was close to the team. And this one almost hurts more because. You should win that game every time. Like they beat themselves. They that really did. Me to no end. It does, and uh, I'm going to have this Re- conversation. And so many different facets. Not like boy, Ben threw a terrible pick at the end of the game, dude. They or that crazy Saints loss. Like they, okay, you lost one right. play that was crazy. You gave them this game. They blocked a punt and then didn't do anything with it. They they cut it to a score. They block a punt. They don't do anything with it. Yeah. Uh, Roethlisberger fumbles. They return it for a touchdown. Ben's interception is never open. At no, right, point. right, right. Uh, just... Ben made two horrible plays. Yes. But he was awesome in much of this game. But those two horrible plays, if he doesn't make one of them, they win. You know, like, they did so many things wrong, and we've touched on 30% of them. But... <laughs> Is that all? Is that all <laughs> I mean, we've touched on? I've like... for a while. I don't know. But some of them were overriding things. I mean, the, everything that happened on defense was horrible. You let 45 points up to a bad offense, Yikes. a bad quarterback. And Fournette was great, and their offensive line deserved credit. They won the matchups. But you knew what they were going to do. Matt Williamson, thank you. Yeah, I'm fired up. Dear God. <laughs> I mean, let me ask you this, because I'm going to bring this up in a moment. Just get your thoughts on it real quick. The Tebow loss was to a much worse team, but this one's a much worse loss to me. I mean, they, this yeah. is a Super Bowl roster. That team was going nowhere. See, like the Tebow thing to me was we game planned properly that we think that this guy can't complete passes, so we're going to play a lot of man coverage. We're going to take away the run, and we rolled the dice, and he happened to complete some passes, which he never does. I think he only completed <laughs> like 11 in that game, but they were the right ones. Okay, you know, to me, you prepared properly for that game. The other guy on the other sidelines happened to make some plays, which happens in this game all the mm-hmm. time. Where this one, you knew what they were going to do on both sides of the ball, and on one side you did great, and the other side you were totally overwhelmed. And uh, I, I don't understand that. I mean, even little things, like at the end of the game, when their last drive, Jacksonville's last drive, we knew they were going to run the ball, and on third down there wasn't an extra safety in the box. <laughs> like alignment issues all year and communication issues all year and uh, a lot of defensive things. I think the average Steeler fan out there is like, boy, this is the best offensive personnel you could ever ask for. And they're right. And the defense is, you know, band-aided together. No, it's not. I mean, even without Shazier, there's a lot of good football players on that defense and a lot of early picks and a couple of them, guys like Burns and Dupree aren't getting better. I thought Burns was okay in this game. 
Yeah, but I, they picked on him. I thought Dupree was a disaster. I think he's been a disaster for a long yeah. time. You know, and even like TJ Watt, they drop in coverage all the time. Like I know he's good at it, but that's not what we want from that position. I don't know. I mean, and Shazier's loss is huge. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like Bortles was Brady with Amendola picking on Spence and Vince Williams all day. We'll save some of this for Friday, and then I'm not going to bother you again for the rest of the offseason. How's that sound? Doubt it. It's also a lie. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Matt Williamson, thanks very much, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Coming up next, your thoughts, 412-922-2874. Totally open phone lines. Was this worse than Tebow? Because for me it was, and we'll go point by point on why it was next. It's the Crowley Show. This one's worse than Tebow. It's not close. That Broncos team sucked. Sucked. But that Steelers team wasn't very good either. That team wasn't going to win the next round, let alone go to the Super Bowl. This Steelers team proved they could play toe-to-toe with New England. And then they go out and they poop down their leg against Jacksonville. A team quarterback by Blake Bortles. You score... 42 points you need to be able to win that game. And it comes down to so many different things as to why they didn't win the game. But you have to win. And they didn't. And you're pissed, and I'm pissed. And now I'm sad because McCutcheon just got traded. Cole's gone. Bad weekend for Pittsburgh sports fans. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. We start with Nick. Hello, Nick. Hey, how are you doing? Terribly. How are you? Hey, I just want to say that I know Pittsburgh got embarrassed yesterday. I'm a diehard Pittsburgh fan. But the good news coming out of the loss yesterday was that Ben Roethlisberger said he'd be back for the 2018 season. Great. I now, trust, I can, now, I, I can, now I can spot the Jags 10 points or 14 points in the playoffs next year. How's that sound? I mean, I trust him better Me than too. I would with Josh Knox, who's a raw talent, and Landry Jones, who is one of the worst backup QBs in the league right now. Well, that's not true. Landry Jones is a good backup quarterback. That is good news that Ben Roethlisberger is going to be back. It is. And the window is still open for them to win a championship. But my God, it's ever closing. I thought coming into this year, he might play three. Roethlisberger. So now he's got two left to win a championship. You can't continue to let this happen. Against Denver a couple of years ago, my God, they had so many injuries. But they had that game won, and then they lost it. Last year, I'm not going to blame them for losing to New England because they just weren't good enough. They just weren't. This year they were, and they lost to a team that I'm not going to say they're inferior to now because they just got beat twice. But they lose to a team that I can't believe they lost to. We'll put it to you that way. Jeff in the car next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, Jeff? How you doing, Adam? I'm doing good. What's hey, up, uh, I'll tell you what. I think the Steelers yesterday had a good game plan going into it, but they just got punched in the face, and they didn't know how to react. I think the offense the offense was rock solid a good part of the day, how many points they scored. But you got to remember, 14 of those points came off of, like, Hail Mary fourth down passes by Ben, which were great throws. But if you discount those, if you took those two off the board, it wasn't as close as it 
scoreboard showed. Well, I do credit the Steelers for making plays, and I do think that it was a closer game because they were able to make those plays. That being said, I've defended Todd Haley all year long. I'm not defending Todd Haley today because I thought that the plays the Steelers made in those two instances that you alluded to, the Martavis touchdown on 4th and 11 and the Antonio Brown on 4th and 5, and then the Le'Veon Bell touchdown where Roethlisberger threw the ball behind him, those were all elite players making plays Absolutely. That didn't have anything to do with the offensive coordinator to me. I think the Steelers need to make a change there. As much as I like Todd as a person, and as much as I like him as a coordinator, something needs to change, and with his contract expiring, that makes things very easy there. Thanks for the call, Jeff. Hey, no problem. 412-922-2874. The Washington Wild Things are now on Twitter trolling the Pittsburgh Pirates. Saying, come on down to Washington. Come on down and watch us play baseball here, Washington. We'll give you something to cheer about. It's an interesting strategy. Let's see how it pays off for him. Edward and Phoenix next up on the Crowley Show. Hey, Adam. Thanks for taking my call. How pissed are you? Um, I'm so mad. <laughs> As you know, um, I'm glad you had Matt on first because he... Uh, made a lot of the points that I wanted to make, and that is the things he was saying. That's exactly why I blame the offensive play calling completely. Um, you know, we heard Tunch all week telling us that the way you attack these guys is you pound them inside, pound them inside, and then you you trick them with something outside, get them off balance. Or they came out trying to work it from the outside in instead. And like Nat said, I wasn't pissed after the plays because they weren't successful. I was screaming at each play before it even started. I thought that the situational play calling was awful, Edward, but to me it it all circles around the game plan, which is what you just said. Uh, The game plan to me had to revolve around playing between the tackles and taking shots in the middle of the field, and they eventually got there, but that's not the way that they started the game. It made you want to slam your head against the wall. Phone lines open, 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Was this loss worse than the Tebow loss? To me, this is the worst loss in the Mike Tomlin era. Regular season, postseason, worst loss that he's had. And I think a lot of it can get traced back to him. A lot of it can get traced back to game plan. He just wasn't good enough yesterday. And his players didn't make plays at critical times either, particularly on the defensive side, but... I've never felt worse about Mike Tomlin than I do right now, and I'm a huge Mike Tomlin fan. I'm not suggesting you fire him. That is ludicrous. But I do think that he should be excoriated today for the way that things went down. Nick and Robinson, hello. Hi, Adam. You you must have a crystal ball there because you took what I was just going to say. Uh, everything you said was was right on. Well, are you a smart uh, guy, Nick? Should I be happy that we're agreeing? No, no, you shouldn't be happy. But the <laughs> bottom line, I mean, I'm just saying that you know what you said was right on, and people need to look at this way. I mean, I used to play some ball for a while. You don't have to score 50 points if you go to good defense. 
okay? And the bottom line is, every game almost against any good teams, the Patriots go on, on. Not just this year, but the last several years. I've kept quiet, okay? When I looked at the game yesterday after the first six plays and them running Jacksonville, I knew it was over because you could tell how the Steelers are going to play unless it's a miracle pass. They're going to lose the game. They are outcoached every time there's a playoff game or serious game. And I'm sorry, I'm putting who should get blamed. One, I think they need to clean house on defense, the defensive back and defensive coordinator. They need to clean house. It's long, long, too long because it's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing, like you said again. 40-some points and you don't win the game? Anyway, they need a clean house, and Tomlin said, I'm sorry, how many, how many Pittsburgh's used to winning? They've had good talent on the team. I heard they were rated the number one uh, offensive team in the country as far as talent goes. Well, they've got talent and, everywhere, Nick, and a lot of that has to do with Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert have worked hand-in-hand to create one of the most talented rosters in the entire National Football League. So that's one feather in Mike Tomlin's cap. As for the defense, man, I've never wanted to fire Keith Butler. Hell, I've never wanted to fire Todd Haley. They don't have to fire Haley because his contract expired. But anybody who calls up and tells me today that they think the Steelers should fire Keith Butler, what am I supposed to say to defend him? I think that that caller was a little hyper, but I do think he made some good points. Everything went wrong. Everything. You go into a playoff game, you're going to lose if one side of the ball doesn't play well. The Steelers had both sides of the ball at critical times not play well. Both sides. Steelers started the game down 21 to nothing. You're not going to win at this juncture when you are down 21 nothing to start. You're playing one of the best eight teams in the National Football League. It's over at that point. And that's because Ben Roethlisberger made a stupid decision on a third down on the second possession. And then Ben Roethlisberger fumbles a football. He's been sacked thousands of times in his life. He fumbles the football. You can't let that happen. So that's where they had their failures. And then on defense, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. Disgraceful. I can't defend Keith Butler today. I can't defend Mike Tomlin today. They're not going to fire Mike Tomlin. So I'm not going to entertain that point of discussion. I wrote a blog about that, ESPNPGH.com. Go to the drop-down menu, Adam Crowley. You'll find it there. You can also find it on our Facebook page, and I tweeted it at underscore Adam Crowley. It's nothing that I'm going to entertain because the Steelers aren't going to entertain it. But I think that they're split right now on Todd Haley. And Keith Butler, if this isn't the last straw, then he's got to be on thin ice next year, right? They have talent defensively. That's where I'll disagree with that last caller. The last caller says the secondary sucks. No, it doesn't. Joe Hayden's a good player. Artie Burns, he's had his ups and downs. I thought he played fairly well yesterday. In fact, he played really well, then he gave up a 45-yard pass. You can't absolve him of that, but there needed to be help over the top. I like Cameron Sutton. I like Mike Hilton. William Gay's done. He was probably done last year, but... They don't need to rely on him if they're healthy with the guys that they have. The corner position's fine for me. You need somebody to come in and be a ball hawk at the safety position. And they're going to need to find an inside linebacker that can run. 
And if Shazier comes back, God bless him. That means he's walking again. But if he doesn't, you need someone there. If he does, you still need someone as insurance. And Vince Williams is fine as a run-stopping middle linebacker, but he can't be alone out there. He needs to be a compliment. He can't be the best of the two. Oh, lot to get to. Couple of phone lines still open. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Do you blame the Steelers running their mouths? Do you blame the rest that the Steelers were given against Cleveland? I'll give you my thoughts when we come back. You're listening to the Crowley Show.